Hello, everyone. Welcome to the IT Experience Podcast. I'm Usman Sindhu. And in this podcast, we bring to you a wide variety of topics concerning IT organization, leadership, and technology. Today, we're going to talk about building a digital transformation strategy with IT operations being the backbone. And I have just the right person joining in the outskirts of London, Jamie Mead from UK National Air Traffic Services, also called NAPS. Jamie has an impressive background. He is the service delivery manager for NAPS, for service operations management solution, which encompasses ITSM, ITOM, automation, security, and remote access services. The thing I love about his job is he's focused on the predict and prevent method for air traffic control engineering. And working with him, I have seen the firsthand his passion about the predicting and prevention methodology. So we're going to talk to him all about it, but let's, let's welcome him. Hi, Jamie. Welcome. Hi, Usman. Uh, thank you for the very, very generous introduction, and it's great to see you again. So I'm very humbled uh, to be appearing on your podcast. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about your day-to-day operations in NAPS. And, uh, you know, listeners will appreciate learning a little bit about the complexity of the air traffic control. So, you know, educate us a little bit. No problem at all, Osman. So, as you guys are joining from the United States, you have the Federal Aviation Authority. In the United Kingdom, we have the Civil Aviation Authority, and that is divided down into a public-private company called NATS, or National Air Traffic Services. And we look after all the aircraft that fly over and land into the United Kingdom. To give you an idea on numbers of aircraft that we have and handle every single day, before the virus outbreak, we were looking at about 7,500 aircraft at our peak every single day that we have to move safely to their destination, be that in the UK or onward to Europe or back to the US, wherever. We have a hell of a lot of engineering systems that support that as well, which is the team that I work in. So we have over 175 different systems within NATS that look after the safe operation of those flights that our controllers use to talk to the aircraft every single day. If we look at traffic flows that you'll see in the morning and all the way through the night, we have the general influx of traffic from our friends and colleagues in the United States, early morning flights or the red eye flights, as we call them, that land into the United Kingdom and over into Europe. And then the evening, the inverse as well. So they fly back to the United States and then back to their other uh, countries. And then during the day, we see ebbs and flows of traffic as they go in and about their short haul destinations, usually within uh, the European Union. Now, because our industry is a safety critical industry and you as the flying public want to get to your destination safely and efficient today, we have to have maximum uptime and maximum resilience for all our engineering systems. So if we look at what we call a priority one resolution time, we're looking at a five minute resolution time for a P1 from that incident occurring to it needing to be fixed so that we avoid putting on flow control and therefore delaying you as the traveling public. Yeah, that's significant. Five minutes. That is that is amazing. Um, now, I understand that to do all of this, 
the digital transformation and service orientation is fundamentally so important to NAC success uh, and the future, of course. So how would you define that? So digital transformation goes hand in hand in our site with service orientation as well. So we used to work in a very asset-based focused uh, where we would look after a piece of equipment and that would be siloed and we would just focus on that. But we wouldn't focus so heavily on the overall service that we're offering our either internal customers, so the air traffic controllers, or our external customers like the airlines and the airports as well. Now, moving towards a service-based culture and therefore enabling di digital transformation to support that is really, really vital for us. The reason for that is, is as we're talking about our P1 response times, it's about maximizing our availability and really understanding as well how all those services interconnect from our customers' point of view so that we can make sure that they are resilient and always there for them. Now, ServiceNow has been really important for our journey with that. So if we take on board something that you guys have put out, which is the Common Services Data Model or CSDM, that is absolutely vital for modeling your business so that you're tailoring those services that you offer internally to your internal customers, externally that you may sell, um, but also as well being focused on the engineers that have to look after it day to day and ensuring that that paradigm is there for each individual user. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I think uh, that's a journey that a lot of service now customers are taking as well. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, you know, common service data model. Uh, we have covered some of that in previously is, is of course a fundamental to a lot of company success, how they interconnect services. That's a very important thing you said. Um, so yeah, definitely. Now, I also remember that you once told, um, told us that you were looking, uh, used to look at many, many screens in your command center, but uh, then you boil it down to just one interface. So tell us, you know, this journey of, uh, getting into the one dashboard, one workspace from so many screens? So if you took a stroll into one of our um, command centers for air traffic control in Swanwick or in Presswick Center, then you would see a plethora of screens for each one of our individual engineered system. And if we look at the Swanwick command center, that was about 175 different screens that our watch engineers have to look at constantly that all have a different user interface, UI, all have different interactions to achieve, you know, full resolution or carry out maintenance on. And so what we want to do is combine that down to one screen. That's all. And we're in that journey as we speak at the moment, slowly chipping off those systems uh, so that we can just have one screen that effectively rules them all. So we can see our total service health on one dashboard, carry out those full rectifications on one dashboard, and also, um, and, and also combine as well all our automation into one platform as well to enable us to have a much faster time for bringing to market and also a much faster resolution time as well. We also talked earlier on about moving towards predict and prevent culture, which is something that's incredibly close to my heart and also vital uh, for Nats and our safety culture as well, so that we can predict future events that could 
impact service. And this is where combining all those 175 different user interfaces down to one is vital for that because it allows us a unified dashboard and allows humans to be able to see patterns much quicker, but also using the ServiceNow toolset and the power of your Python Health Suite as well allows us to predict those patterns using your machine learning. So rather than relying on humans to do the grunt work, it can find trends through history and alert us much faster than a human. If I understand it correctly, in order to execute your predict and prevent strategy with this one workspace, you need to look at what's critical, what's not as critical, um, and that will help you, right? In this type of workspace will help you get to that. Very, very much indeed. Um, and as part of that, this is why it's really vital that you look at all your services and the individual applications and technical components of that and rank them in terms of their criticality and severity and also map them as well in terms of their interdependency. And that's where, for example, service mapping really comes into the fold as well. And I would highly recommend that anybody looking to roll out a unified monitoring and move towards a predict and prevent culture spends their time getting their service mapping right. And also as well, because let's face it, a virtualized infrastructure changes moment by moment, getting their discovery patterns and tags bang on as well. Cool. Now, you also told me at some point that workforce onboarding is so important in your industry. You can't afford a lengthy you know, onboarding training time for your engineers. So tell us how you're handling that, how ServiceNow is helping. So this dovetails very nicely into that 175 different screens and different UIs down to one. So if we look at our command center engineers today, it takes them about a year to get validated. And what I mean by validated is it's a little bit specialist for air traffic management. So our engineers that touch our operational equipment um, have to be validated under what's called the ATSEP legislation, which is European legislation that governs us engineers and our competence to touch live air traffic control equipment. And to achieve those validations, you need to achieve a certain level of technical competence as well as attitude and behaviors. Now, to help speed up that time for training with respect to the technical competence, having one UI for our command center controllers, as opposed to having 175 different ones, as you can imagine, immediately speeds up that time. And so what we're looking at now is instead of it being a year, maybe slightly longer for some members of staff, is now it's down to six months, which is a fantastic saving because it means that staff are more productive more quickly as well, as well as the safety benefits, of course, of having a unified UI, as opposed to having to remember about 170 odd different ones. Awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what's looking ahead for you. So you've taken an amazing journey um, with you know, implementing IDSM, ID operations. So what is, what is next? So for us, it's all about getting down to that goal of one unified screen. Additionally, as well, having the key information to the relevant staff at the right period of time. So as we begin to roll this out to our operations teams and then as well to our level three engineers, ensuring the timely access to the information comes through very, very fast 
and having that information on the palm of their hand as well. So say we do get into a, a major instance scenario within NATS um, through, for example, an engineering fault, then ensuring that, for example, our executives and our senior leaders as well have that information no matter where they happen to be, whether they're working from home, whether they're in the operations room, or whether maybe they're at a client site. So enabling that down to their tablets and their phones, as well as, as well, improving our automation capability as well, so that we can trigger those automations from our level one, two engineers, as opposed to having to branch them out to level three, which will mean that we can work faster to fix instance should they occur. But more importantly, working in a predict and prevent culture, where we predict something could impact service, ensuring our level one twos can take that proactive action through our automation tooling. And as you can imagine being a safety critical industry, that automation code has to be tested and tested again and again to make sure it's right and suitable for ATM operations. Wonderful. So let's wrap it up. Um, and what would be some you know, pieces of advice you're gonna you know, relate to the, your peers or either in somewhere in continuum of uh, building a modern IT ops, um, they wanna start somewhere or they're already in the journey, but they can still learn. So I would say always focus on the four pillars of any type of digital transformation and moving to a service orientated uh, culture. So those four pillars are, as everybody knows, is people, the process, the technology, and then the fourth and equally as important, the data as well. So, and I think the rest of your customers echo this, making sure your CMDB is accurate, making sure that your CMD has the ability to be updated in real time with real status is completely vital. So take the time early in your transport transformation to ensure you have a path to enable success with that. Really use the tools, for example, as service mapping, discovery. Make sure you take the time to get your ITOM health set up as well, and make sure you've got the time to embed your ITSM processes amongst those teams that are going to be using it in anger every day. And don't be afraid to beta this within your operational teams or run in a shadow operations as well, because you will learn so much in that time as have we in Nets. Great, so focus on the four pillars, people, process, technology, and most importantly, data. Uh, those are the uh, wrap up words from Jamie. So folks, there you have it. Jamie, thanks for being my guest today. We'll continue to follow your work and uh, bring you back here again at some point. And for all the listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you have interesting ideas, topics, and speakers, reach out to me on LinkedIn or usman.sindhu at ServiceNow. Bye for now. Thank you.